Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over Culture push over pop culture. Leftovers. And uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hello, this is Randall Park, and you are listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Hey, welcome to a bonus episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. And Jake, you didn't sound excited there. Oh, I'm sorry. I tr- I wanted to make that I'm the leftovers different than the last one. So, oh, so. maybe maybe I shouldn't have went dour, though. Yeah, you went uninterested. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I don't care. Who gives a fuck? I mean, this is the th- basically like the third episode people are going to get this week. So, but we are. I am excited to talk about the topic at hand. Uh, we're going to be talking. Oh, me too. Me too. We're going to be talking about the uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever trailer that dropped at uh, uh, dropped in Hall H at San Diego Comic Con last night. 
And uh, we're not alone, Jake. We've got guests. Uh, welcome from Apple to Orange's podcast, June. Hi, great to be here. We've also got uh, Tristan Brown, Shifton Tristan. Welcome back. Hey, everyone. Happy to be here, too. And uh, Handy Greg. Welcome, Handy Greg. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, guys. Yeah, uh, we have been, uh, feels like we've been waiting forever for this trailer. Movie comes out in November. Glad we are getting it here. It's like, what are we, like three and a half, four months off from this one. So um, glad we can finally talk about this trailer. It looks like, and we're going to do a breakdown. It looks like it's, what's wild about this one is like, we've, Jake, we've known, you know, from leaks and some of the, some of the uh, uh, crew gifts and things like that, that it was going to be, you know, uh, Tina Huerta uh, playing Namor. And we knew that Namor was kind of going to be like the, you know, the big bad of this movie. And, uh, you know, this is but, you know, it's like the rest of the world and some of the world that hasn't been following, you know, some of this stuff. It's like this is like their their first introduction to like what this movie is going to be about, you know, because. We knew that this movie had to change and evolve. Like, what what are we going to get in a Black Panther sequel? Especially now that you know Chadwick Boseman is no longer with us, passed away uh, nearly two years ago, and um, so like every, I think for a lot of people going into this, they're just they're learning. Like, this is what this movie's going to be about. And we're going to break it down and tell you a little bit more of what we think is going to happen. But man, yeah, Jake. I mean, yeah, I think that's super cool that, like you said, like the layman is finally finding out who the villain is. And I think Namor is one of those characters that even the most like studied people out there are going to recognize like that character just even from that back shot and be excited about Namor being featured in a Marvel movie. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like a Thanos situation where everyone had to explain to someone else who we were even seeing. I think people are going to get Namor. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think that Marvel's done such a great job, especially showing him, showcasing him in this trailer to kind of separate uh, the different cultures of Atlantis, you know, from the DC side to like now the Marvel side. It, it, they, why make it look the same uh, with Momoa? I know they're different characters. I know they're different characters, but both are underwater based characters. So definitely. Marvel's going visually different with their version, and I like it. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason I didn't watch Aquaman is because I didn't want to get confused by the time we got to Namor in the MCU. You I didn't, didn't watch it. You fucking hate the DCEU, <laughs> and you were you were too lazy to watch it. And I'm, you're going to fucking have— Lazy? Yes. more credit than that. It was, a, it was a choice. Pure laziness. <laughs> pure laziness on your part, sir. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, um, it looks like uh, this is going to be adapting a little bit of the uh, Avengers versus X-Men comic uh, when it comes to like Namor and and the Atlanteans flooding Wakanda, which actually happens in that series. So and we'll definitely talk about that a little bit more. But I mean, we've been waiting uh, for this uh, since the tease of the like with we've been waiting for Namor since the tease of the earthquake that we got that happened in the ocean that was brought up by Okoye in Avengers Endgame. And it's, it's finally happening here. And uh, Tina Cuerta leaks and rumors were saying he was going to be playing Namor. That is true. And he's going to be the son of a, uh, of an Atlantean. It looks like he's the son of an Atlantean King in this version. 
and a human. And I'll talk about that a little bit more as well. Um, but uh, the character of Namor was created back in 1939 by Bill Everett. And uh, this was before Marvel was even a thing. I, you know, it was, it, was it Timely Comics back then or was this before Timely? Yes. So, okay, so it timely was Timely. Comics. Yeah. Um, he was revealed in the comics to be the first mutant. And I, I don't know if that is going to be the case in the MCU, but I'm sure that we will find out. Um, I'm thinking maybe he's from another universe uh, or, you know, dimension or something that, like that, like the clandestines who were brought in to the Ms. Marvel series. And maybe, maybe we're going to find out that Namor and the Atlanteans were brought here long before even the clandestines were. That's just a, just a theory. But um, I think, you know, I think maybe this movie might back that theory up by the time we watch it. We'll find out. Anyway, let's break this trailer down. It starts with uh, Nakia looking out over the ocean, and we hear a cover of Bob Marley's No Woman, No Cry. And um, if you read the lyrics to that song, it does, I believe it does have some meaning here. It says, you know, good friends we have lost along the way. And I think, you know, that some of the lyrics are very fitting, having lost, you know, such a, uh, an acting icon such as Chadwick in the role of T'Challa. And then also, there might even be more of a deeper meaning. Uh, Bob Marley died when he was 36, taken from us way too soon, just like Chadwick was taken from us way too soon, I believe at age 43. Um, if you look in the background of that shot, you do see a, uh, what looks like a Mayan temple, and, um, which we've learned from the leaks that, that the Mayan culture will be playing a, a major role here with the MCU's version of the Atlanteans. And um, then we move on into what looks like a funeral for T'Challa, where people are dancing in all white and they've even you know i mean if you look at some of um you know just uh in real culture and african culture there are you know some what celebratory you're celebrating the life of someone and so like i think that they're kind of pulling maybe from that um we never learn in the trailer how t'challa died but from you know possible leaks that are out there they say it was a sickness sickness and it might be i think that they probably will go with cancer I do. I think that it will probably be cancer, um, just like the real, real Chadwick. I think and, that's the right call. I do too. I think it's I, the right call. It, it it honors him, and also the film can't be about him dying. It it can be about his death and the impact of that. But I think the story needs to move, and just some contrived way of having him pass away feels inappropriate. So if, if he does die of a sickness and it's cancer, I think that's probably the best way to handle a really horrible situation i mean some off off screen battle that he had with someone and then dies like that's just not i think it is you know for as much as this would hit home because that's how he died in real life i think it's it's the way to to mourn him in this movie too if that makes any sense yeah, I, I completely agree with that. It's it's almost an insult to Chadwick to have it be some kind of silly off-screen battle that we didn't see. Um, in the trailer, I'm not sure exactly where, but we also get, you know, it looks like it's happening during this funeral scene. We see 
uh, you know, a couple of Wakandans like banging on some drums and there's a T'Challa mural behind them. And when translated, it reads, the Panther King lives forever in us. And um, I think it's awesome that they're that they're that, you know, even in, you know, in the, the Wakandan language and stuff like that, we can translate this stuff and it's it's all still paying homage to uh to the character and to the actor you know we can go back and watch black panther and those movies will live forever which is which is awesome you know it's like he's you know we'll always be able to go back and watch you know his scenes in civil war and infinity war and endgame and then of course is you know it's like his main movie like that's those movies are going to live forever so i love it i love the i love that they're doing that um, uh, one of the things that we might see in this movie, uh, and we might have already seen shots of it in the trailer, but we just it hasn't been explicitly said, is they might introduce Necropolis, which is the Wakandan city of the dead. That is where previous Black Panthers are buried in the comics. Um, there's also a story arc where... Killmonger's followers uh, brought him back from the dead there. And um, at one time, it was the headquarters for the Illuminati. Those, I don't think that we'll get Killmonger back it, to life. I, I do think that we will see Kill, Killmonger in this movie. And hopefully I'll remember to explain that a little bit later. But I do think we'll see Killmonger in this movie. Um, but uh, and who knows? I, this might be the headquarters for uh, you know the six one sixes version of the Illuminati. I can't see us not having one. I I feel like you know we were introduced to the Illuminati in eight three eight universe in the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I kind of see like things playing out similarly here in a way that we will get our own version of the Illuminati. Um, but who knows? Their headquarters might be somewhere else. I don't know. I'm just saying it's, it's interesting. Do you think our version's going to suck too? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. It seems to be a thing. All the Illuminati across all multiverses. I, th- I think it's our shitty people. I think our version is going to have people in it that are doing the wrong thing, and then the people doing the wrong thing. Like even in the Hickman run, like Cap wanted to do the right thing, so they kicked him out. Yeah. So yeah. Um, also, I want to point out. Remember, with with T'Challa's passing, this leaves a major hole in the Wakandan Wakandan kingdom. the The stock, the the crop of heart shaped herb that they had, was all destroyed by Killmonger in the previous movie. So now they're left without the very thing that they need to reach the ancestral plane. And to bring back a new Black Panther. It doesn't, I mean, you can be given the mantle of Black Panther, but in order to be at your full power, you have to go to the ancestral plane. You have to take of the heart-shaped herb. Because, you know, if, you, if we're watching um, Civil War, you know, his father, T'Chaka, gives him the mantle before he dies of Black Panther, but he hasn't taken he hasn't taken the heart shaped herb yet. Am I correct there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has the gifts, but he doesn't have the, the herb powers yet. Right. Yeah. And the last of the herb powers, um, Nakia managed to save one flower 
from being destroyed, and that was used to give T'Challa his strength back. Yeah, so there's nothing. There's nothing left. We'll talk about, like, theories of, like, how we will get another Black Panther, how we could still be going to the ancestral plane in this movie. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the trailer breakdown. Um, we, we do get a shot of Queen Ramonda and Okoye walking into Shuri's lab. And uh, so, yeah, I guess here's the first, first possible rumor. Um, could Shuri and Riri who's going to be Ironheart, and it's going to be, this is actually going to be her introduction into the MCU, Riri Williams. Could they be working on an artificial heart-shaped herb? I mean, could, could they pull, like, a blood sample or something and try to work on an artificial heart-shaped herb? Is that, I mean, is that, uh, is that something that we could see here? I find that very feasible. I mean, there's got to be some way that they reinvent that herb and, I could see that science working and doing it and making sense. I don't, I have problems because it's too reminiscent of Captain America, not Captain America, but the, 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 the winter soldier Falcon show, like extracting DNA from somebody, you know, and then continue to basically experiment. I don't know. I, it just kind of, it, I don't know. That kind of leaves when you said that, Brian. That kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But I, I like that better. I, I see what you're saying, comparing it to like the the super serum that makes cap, and them trying yeah. to replicate that. Um, it just kind of it reminds me of that, and it just that makes me a little uneasy. I like that idea better than we're going to go find the MacGuffin hidden patch of the of the plant somewhere else. Like that would just seem way too easy. Well, uh, speaking of that, there's also a rumor that the Atlanteans have a version of the heart-shaped herb in the oceans that they are uh, aware of and guarding against the Wakandans throughout this movie. Hmm. Yeah, not not as big of a fan of that being the way it's done. I don't hate it. It won't like make me dislike the movie, mm-hmm. but that just seems a little bit easy. Uh Yes and no, I, 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 because, and I'll talk about it later and how it really could be impactful. Um, but uh, because then the Wakandans would actually be like the like they would be invading another territory to get something and that could be an interesting dynamic. Not necessarily. I mean, there's uh, there's ways to go. Yes, that that could be an element of it. But I do, I do think that we could see another way that it's actually introduced. And passed on to the next Black Panther, and I'll go over that later. But, uh, yeah, we do get Riri Williams in the trailer, and uh, if you're not familiar with the comic, she's a young genius. Um, who I think in this movie, we're going to find out that she was involved in like the, the science education uh, facility that Shuri and T'Challa had started in New York. Like, they found this brilliant mind, and now she's been working with Shuri. They've become really good friends. We kind of see that here in the trailer of them two, you know, greeting each other and smiling. Um, But in the comics, she was a teenager at MIT uh, who um, really annoyed Tony Stark and uh, because she successfully reverse-engineered his Iron Man armor. And um, 
So, yeah, uh, you know, she's not going to have that Iron Man connection here, but she is going to have access to technology. We might find out that she was a big fan of Iron Man, you know, kind of like watching the Ms. Marvel series and seeing she's a big fan of Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. We might find out that she's a big fan of Iron Man and, you know, when she's gets access to vibranium and all this technology and why she builds this suit. And so I, I think that that could be very cool. Um, so after T'Challa's death, it looks like, you know, Queen Ramonda has taken over for the time being as the ruler of Wakanda and, um, we see her giving a speech at, um, it's like some sort of like a meeting of the nations. And um, I guess I, maybe I want to play that clip because it is, yeah, let me play this. This is a powerful clip. Yeah, wow, man. I can't wait to hear the whole fucking speech. What I find out, what I find interesting about that is her saying, my entire family is gone. And I'm thinking, and it'll come up later, I'm sure, but what I'm thinking is that there's going to be maybe a moment in this when both fucking Shuri and Nakia are, are maybe kidnapped. And I'll talk about why I believe that later in the trailer, because there are scenes that kind of lead me to believe that 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 could happen. I don't think that they're definitely not killed. (laughs) Um, But I think they could be they I think they could be taken or kidnapped. And and we'll talk about that. I could see that. I mean, there's many uses that those characters would serve to other people if they were forced to to do that. Like, you know, oh, 100 percent. And I think that there I think that Everett Ross being like on the other side of this and more involved in the government side and then Riri Williams, those two might be working together in this movie to kind of like break them out. Yeah. I mean, and it would fall right in line with Tony Stark's story as well, because I mean, we're talking about Riri Williams, you know, how apropos would that be if they, she or Shiri or, or, you know, kidnapped, and used for their scientific mind. Oh yeah, the way Tony was in the in the cave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting about her speech though is when she's talking to the UN and she says the last thing she says is what else like basically what else do you want from me? So then I also wonder if there's going to be this other external thing maybe putting pressure on Wakanda. They want the vibranium. I am 100% convinced that the government... We're going to see a lot of that then because now it's known because before everyone, they they use their technology to shield themselves and hide themselves and put out the facade that they were just a very poor African country. It turns out, no, they have like the richest mineral in all of existence. Mm -hmm. And so now that that's out in the open, they're getting pressure from everybody to provide that. Yeah, we're going to I definitely want to talk about that um, going forward, because I do feel like the government is 100 percent after um, vibranium. It's it has many uses. And I 
I do believe that they're after vibranium here. Um, we also see a shot uh, in the trailer. It's it, I. It's of, I believe it's of the throne room. It could be a separate room, but I believe it's the throne room. And it's from the Atlantean attack on Wakanda because it is, it is, um, there's one scene where it is flooding. But there are these new columns in, in this throne room, or, or it could be a memorial to T'Challa. It could be his tomb. But um, there's uh, Dora Milaje, and they're, they're standing on each of these columns. And, these columns, uh, in, when you translate them, they read, T'Challa, our hero in honor. And then there are leaked set photos that have actually shown more of this, and it confirms that they read in full, rest in power, King T'Challa, our hero in honor forever. And then the bottom columns ring, uh, read out Golden City and Kingsguard. So, I don't know. I can't. I'm not 100% sure if it's the throne room or if it's, or if it's like a memorial like a, or a tomb for T'Challa and where he's going to be, you know, where they're going to bury him. So, I'm not 100% sure. But um, we also see a shot of uh, Queen Ramonda. Um, looking out to sea, and then we've been promised that we're going to see Wakanda's navy in this movie from some of the leaks. Did we see any of the navy of their navy in this? Not that I could make out. I've watched it quite a few times. I just didn't, you know, they're they're like vehicles. Like I saw, like they're. Like those ships that look like insects, you know, that, but I didn't see anything. I didn't see any of like their Navy stuff. Um, There's also a scene of what looks like the birth of Namor in the trailer. So we're going to have flashbacks. They're definitely going to be setting up flashbacks and getting us familiar with the character of Namor. Uh, You could see that uh, he does have the, uh, the wings on his feet. Um, which is which is comic book accurate, and uh, I don't know if that's going to allow him to fly, but um, I guess we'll find out when we watch the movie. Pretty pointless if they don't, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in the comics, it's like they look like wings, but some writers, uh, some artists have made them look different, like like their fins, and but they they they've been wings to me. Um, Kugler stated that he wants Namor to be uh, sympathetic in this movie, so. I mean, we've been getting a lot of these sympathetic villains in the Marvel movies. This is another case of a, of a sympathetic villain. Um, and you can see in this shot that his father is blue and his mother is, 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 a, is human. She has human skin. So just like in the comics, he is going to be half human, half Atlantean. And then we do get more flashbacks of Namor throughout the trailer, which show... A tragedy from his past. He's a young boy now, and he's watching as this building, this uh, building that's like set on the coast, is is burning down. And, and uh, I don't a hundred percent know exactly what's happening here, but speculation is that he's showing up to his Earth home where he lives with his mother. And the house has been set on fire. And she dies in that fire. 
And it looks like this is actually set hundreds of years in the past, because if you do look at the grounds there, there's a very old wagon in the front of the house. This looks like it's taking place hundreds of years ago. And this house, his mother and possibly him may have been targeted by colonials at the time who may have found out that his mother was maybe birthed a half Atlantean child or somebody who's just different. And she was, she was killed. And this is probably going to be like the moment where Namor, it sparks like a hate in him for like surface humans and why he leaves the surface and goes down to Atlantis. And um, it's another reason that is definitely probably going to be like a catalyst for, you know, what happens between the war between the Wakandans and the Atlanteans later on, you know, Wakandans being surface dwellers and, and uh, he already has a hate for them maybe because his mother was killed by people on the surface. Um, I'm thinking there also could be like this crazy twist where he finds out at the end that it may have been Atuma that had, had all this set up. We know that Atuma is going to be in this movie. We see shots of Atuma in the trailer. Um, maybe Atuma who in the comics always tries to overthrow Namor to take over the kingdom. Maybe he's the one who kind of sets this all up to happen in the first place. He wanted his mother and Namor to be dead. He thought maybe Namor would be there with her. He wasn't. He wanted Namor to be dead so he could overthrow Atlantis. I'm thinking maybe at this time, the father is already dead. That would be heartbreaking for Namor. I think that's very good speculation. I'm so glad they're keeping the half human half atlantean stuff and and yeah just man for him to be that way and then hate humanity so much there there's got to be a way that this character turns and i think that's really smart that the whole time that he's turned against humanity it's actually the atlanteans that fucking did the terrible stuff in the first place Mm -hmm. can i just bring up one thing this is one of my favorite shots in this trailer that's this amazing trailer spoilers to my review later because this little boy that they cast as Namor looks so vulnerable. His shoulders are kind of slouched, and this little boy looks like a baby. You can even actually see, like, little love handles. He's like this cute little boy that is just absolutely devastated in this shot. So I, I definitely felt like they were going to establish Namor in a very relatable way, in a very sort of sympathetic way, which I think will make the whole film just more tragic. I mean... That was what was so great about the first Black Panther movie. It almost had like this Shakespearean quality to it. Yeah, that's why Killmonger is one of the best villains that we've ever gotten mm-hmm. from the MCU, right? I mean, my could, favorite MC, my favorite MCU villain. And so he's hard to top. He really is fucking hard to top. Killmonger's really damn because good. you can kind of see where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's definitely the best one and done villain of all time. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, it's like I, it's hard for me to like knock Thanos down because it's just like Jesus Christ. I mean, those movies. I, I would say a close second is definitely Killmonger for me. So, but I do think that maybe you know the father has already died. That's the reason he is not down in Atlantis living there. He might be, you know, it looks like he's coming up from the from the water. But I do think that he's been living I do think that he's been living with his mother and comes back to see that she has been killed. The house has been burned down and she's dead. And 
then Atuma and the rest of the Atlanteans take him with them so that they can kind of like, they don't, they probably don't agree that he's being raised with a human and he's heir to the throne. So, I mean, that might be an element of it as well. Um, And there might be a moment at the end of this movie where, you know, the battle kind of changes. It's been Wakandans versus, you know, the Atlanteans here. And then maybe Namor finds out that this was kind of like an elaborate, you know, frame job to frame the surface dwellers as the ones who set all this up. And he was actually behind it. And it might change the battle to Namor and the Wakandans versus the Atlanteans, which still, I think, is going to have some repercussions even after if that's the reveal. Because you've got to imagine that when this battle is taking place and Wakanda gets flooded, even if he switches sides, there's going to be some Wakandans that are very pissed off at Namor for leading this charge to begin with because... I'm sure many Wakandans are going to die in this battle. Homes are going to be destroyed. Wakanda is going to be forever. Well, temp definitely changed after this. It was well, a sa- think- it was a safe place. I mean, in all the world, like they didn't have to worry about like on their turf, like really, you know, a lot of shit going down, except for like what we saw, you know, in Infinity War. That was like the closest they've ever had, I th- think, to to actually having like a, a battle take place on Wakandan land. Go ahead, Greg. No, I was going to say, I mean, I, I, I'd be really interested to see if Namor is both sympathetic and true to the comics roots, kind of a jerk. Like, let's be honest. He has a really bad temper. That's yes. a big part of his character. Yes. And mm-hmm. you could see just, you know, that little spark of war and maybe some things happening that aren't easily swept away in this film. I'd be really curious to see what Namor does. Yeah. Yeah. In the comics, sometimes he's so arrogant that he doesn't allow himself to see even when he's in the wrong. Like his arrogance precedes the fact of knowing that he's on the wrong side. So it's, it's an interesting character and it, it'll be crazy to see how they develop him. Uh, we see at one point uh, in the trailer, um, Namor, and he's uh, staring up at some Wakandan ships, which are firing uh, energy blasts on uh, him and his men. And what's cool about that shot is like when they're firing those blasts, his men, they're all like kind of standing on line in a line on the shore, kind of holding their ground. But when the fire, when they start firing, his men start to move and back away, away from the shots. And he doesn't, he's just standing there. He won't fucking move. We also get a shot of uh, M'Baku jumping off a boat to battle him. And so we do know that, uh, you know, that relationship with M'Baku's tribe of the Jabari um, being, you know, closer with the with the with T'Challa's group of Wakandans, his his kingdom, that that's still going forward. Um, It was nice to see M'Baku in this in this trailer. I, I, I love the actor. So. Too. But awesome. I, I do see Mbaku maybe being one of those. Even if Namor switches sides by the end of this movie, I do see Mbaku maybe being one of the Wakandans that is kind of like, like still like fuck you, Namor. 
She never forgives him. Yeah, I really can. Like, fuck you, dude. You came in here and you... I don't know. I, I still think that that's going to have some repercussions um, if it does happen. Uh, we see shots of Atlanteans on 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 Earth. Uh, on Earth, <laughs> everything just seems so foreign, <laughs> like a different <laughs> different planet when you're looking at Atlantis, and it's all happening here. But we see the Atlanteans on an overpass in a city. Uh, Namora. We get our first shot of Namora, I believe, in this shot. She's wearing like a headdress and everything, and Atuma's actually next to her. Um, and they're all wearing these devices uh, called rebreathers, which allow them to breathe on the surface. Kind of like the device that, you know, um, Anakin and Obi-Wan were using to breathe underwater. They got something here to help them breathe on Earth because, you know, they're Atlanteans. They can't breathe on Earth. They need these rebreathers. Um, this is. Uh, you know, but since Namor is half human, this is why he's able to just kind of like, you know, do this, you know, fight on Earth without the, the use of the rebreather device. Um, this shot of them on the overpass, it's also uh, the same location where we see later in the trailer, Okoye battling somebody and they hit the spear and she kind of slides back and then pushes the spear into the ground, you know, holding her ground there. Uh, so it looks like Okoye is going to be battling Namora and some of the other Wakandans on her own here, which I can't wait to see more fucking Dora Milaje fighting in this fucking movie. And the Dora, that's going to be awesome, seeing Dora Milaje fighting uh, Atlanteans. And I mean, I'm sure that they're all fucking really, you know, amazingly trained warriors to see like these two, to see like these two different fucking uh tribes going going head to head is going to be pretty i hope that kugler really focuses on that i hope it doesn't get too crazy with all like the different like navy and ships and just all i want to see some more like personal fucking battles between dora milaje and and them fighting i really want to get a sense of like what it looks like for these two to go to war and also think about it from there i mean there's a lot of great story meat there so you have this sort of like elite special forces that's supposed to protect the king and they lost him because of potentially like the one thing they could never defeat, you know, illness, cancer, whatever it is. Imagine what they're going through in this story. You know, they they, they had a mission that they failed they, and, and it was a definite there was no avoiding that. Right. And now they're under attack. I mean, it's there's just so much amazing story meat here. I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, Kugler. I mean, you know, Tristan, you've talked about how Kugler, and it's true. Kugler had a completely different movie written before this. Yeah, and then he had to do a complete rewrite. But I'm, and I was like, what do they have to mine here? And it seems like he's going to have a lot to to mine here still in this story. I'm excited to see very... just what he does. Well, oh, sorry. Go ahead with the Atlantean culture and their fighting style and like so much attention was given to, you know, Wakanda and that kind of stuff that I imagine the same kind of attention will be given to the Atlanteans and just the idea of seeing them go against each other and that give and take and what their like approach will be. It's so exciting. Yeah. This is essentially then like, this is the origin story of Namor. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, we're getting flashbacks. This is definitely an origin story for Namor, 100%. Well, I mean, you got to imagine we got an origin story for Killmonger in the last one, finding out about like where he was raised and like where he fits into like the whole, you know, Black Panther being a part of their kingdom, but an outsider. Right. But, you know, Killmonger, you know, was a one and done villain. And whereas Namor is what one of those like can be an antagonist, can be a, you know, depending on the situation he's in. Right. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely. Um, I mean, we're going to continue to get more Namor in the MCU going forward. I, I would be very shocked if this is a one and done situation with Namor. Same. Yeah, but um, yeah, I was going to um, piggyback on what you were saying earlier about how uh, Brian Coogler had such a daunting task to to write this script, and I feel like it was very a, a very smart move on Marvel's part to show in the trailer that T'Challa's dead so that that can already just manifest in people's heads. And they're not expecting, you know, a big explanation as to what happened to him. And they can just kind of move right into the story. Yeah. 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 I would imagine that we're going to get the funeral scene very, very early in the movie. There's no other way to do it. I mean, you you, just, yeah. you have to do it very, very early in the film. Um, I think this is a lot more tasteful than doing what they did in Rise of Skywalker. Take stock footage mm-hmm. yeah. and splice it in because it, it, that didn't work for me. Well, no. There's still time. and That might be a scene in there that uh, Chadwick didn't shoot. Using <laughs> visual effects and all that. I hope not. Though. Yeah, because apparently when you sign on for a Marvel movie now, you sign away the rights of like your likeness rights so they can digitally recreate mm-hmm. your character whenever. That wasn't Rise. That was that was a uh, the last. Oh, it was Rise of Skywalker. You said Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carrie Fisher. They yep. took like unused footage from the other movies and spliced yeah. them in. Yeah, just JJ's movie. He he wouldn't be caught dead taking anything from. <laughs> yeah, <that's> true. <laughs> the Last Jedi. Yeah. It almost feels like he's like the John F. Kennedy of the Marvel Universe, though, T'Challa. You know, like he's this young leader that led for a very brief period of time. You know, obviously fought Thanos, right? Did some big things and then just passed tragically too soon. And Mm -hmm. you get that sense that, yes, they had to obviously totally rewrite the script based on what happened. But that's sort of like the place he holds in the universe from now on. He's that Mm -hmm. amazing leader that we only got a small taste of. But mm-hmm. still accomplished so much. Yeah, both had sex with Marilyn Monroe. So <laughs> absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> um, we get shots of uh, human soldiers, and uh, oh, and oh, we get uh, shots of humans in diving suits uh, as well, looking for something in the ocean. And this is what I'm thinking: uh, they're they're probably looking for deposits of vibranium. And, you know, they figure, like, if they can't make it into Wakanda because they're, you know, they have the, the force field, that maybe there are deposits of vibranium that they can mine from the ocean. And I do believe that maybe they start drilling. And this gets the attention of the Atlanteans. And the whole reason the government is doing this is because it's, and we've seen a lot of this in the Marvel stuff, even, you know, even the Disney Plus stuff with Falcon and Winter Soldier and, and, where the government's getting freaked out about superheroes. Um, I mean, 
you know, it seems like the balance of power is, you know, first it's like the worry about superheroes. Now you've got like this whole hidden nation that has, you know, technology that's way more advanced than anything that we have. And, you know, which is why I believe that the Department of Damage Control, the DODC, is not actually what they're not what Tony Stark uh, created them for. They're not just cleaning up after, you know, big battles and shit. Like, I think that they are rounding up superheroes and they are getting all the resources that they can to try to um, protect us from superheroes and from like this new nation that we were unaware of, of Wakanda. And, you know, and possibly they're involved with Val to create this Thunderbolts team. And, you know, and now they want this Wakandan tech. And in order to make their own version of that, they've got to, number one, going back to something I said earlier, they've got to capture Shuri. And, uh, and they need vibranium. So I think, you know, when we see, you know, the, the shots in this where the soldiers are showing up in, and because there is a shot in this trailer of soldiers showing up to Shuri's lab, and then shots of this, I think they're trying to knock out those two things. Kidnap Shuri, kidnap the scientists behind all this technology. Number two, get the vibranium. But also, there's this rumor that the government is also uh, doing what they're doing as far as like looking for the vibranium to frame uh, Wakanda for this uh, for this battle between the Wakandans and the and the Atlanteans here, basically um, trying to get those two nations to fight each other. And then no, it's like a it's a double commentary on like homeland security and also climate change, you know, but, like it's the digging for resources. Yeah, yeah. And um, then also the way like if you're talking about like rounding us superheroes and like super scientists and everything, I mean, it's kind of a double commentary on these two things that are going on. Yeah, I don't want to get into the real world politics and all the real world stuff. So just say I know, I know, like, I it's, it's, check box. I know. It's a Ryan Coogler movie. You got to check the boxes. I know. You just scare me, June. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you can't not like it's a Ryan Coogler film. Certain boxes. You I went on mute scared to you, Brian. Yeah, I know. I just, <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically trying to frame these two uh, nations to battle each other. That way, once the battle's over and they've decimated each other, um, they're weakened. And then the government can kind of step in there and take over the leftover technology and vibranium for themselves. Um, Picking up the scraps. Yeah. Um, and then I also think that maybe <laughs> when, when both nations realize this, if, the, if this is a plot point in the movie, if, if, if the nations realize that this is actually happening, that you know the Atlantean version of the heart-shaped herb that they've been holding on to, maybe at this point Namor would then give it to Wakanda. And, um, you know, that's when we get our new Black Panther that's gone through, like, the process of going through the ancestral plane and, and gaining those powers. Um, and, you know, again, you know, there's the... Uh, to back up Shuri possibly being kidnapped, you know, we, we get Queen Ramonda saying, you know, in the trailer, like, you know, my family is gone. So, um, 
We know uh, through this trailer and then through some leaked, you know, concept art and things like that, that Riri is making her own version of the arc reactor uh, because they do show her in this trailer, um, you know, with a, a vibranium hammer and working with some vibraniums here, forging um, the heart logo backplate of that tech. And um, so, yeah, we're going to get to see her make her own armor in this movie. And I think she's making that armor maybe like, you know, hopefully to work with uh, Everett Ross, Martin Freeman's character. Maybe those two kind of like, you know, breaking Shuri out, which I think would be fucking awesome to see those two working together and breaking Shuri out of uh, the government's control. Um, We get a shot of Namor. Um, underwater, kind of like rising above his throne in Atlantis. And if you look at that throne, it's actually made from the jaws of this gigantic prehistoric fish. And he kind of like sits in the middle of that thing. It looks really cool. It's fucking dope. Um, And then our last shot is of someone as the new Black Panther taking taking on the suit. Uh, it's probably going to be Shuri, but in my heart, I hope it's Nakia. <laughs> so, um, the it suit, definitely looks like a lady. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I hope it's Nakia. And I know a lot of people are hoping that it's a, I, a lot of people are hoping that it's a Koye too. And I, I would not be opposed to that as well. Um, but Actually, I, yeah, I think I would rather a Koye. I would rather her be. Yeah. I think, Definitely her and Nakia, though. I think Nakia would be awesome. I think it would be awesome to find out that all these years that, you know, she's not part of the Dora Milaje, but unbeknownst to everyone, Nakia has been training with them. I think that that would be kind of awesome to find out that maybe Okoye has kind of been training her on the side, maybe even after the events of Black Panther, just to defend herself. Maybe, or maybe, maybe we find out that that fucking T'Challa had been training her. Like he was worried about her safety. I don't know. Um, but the reason why I don't think it's going to be a Koye is because, um, Denai Guerrera is the star of the new, uh, Wakanda show that's coming out. Yeah. And I doubt they're going to have black Panther in that show. That's very true. Yeah, that's very true. That's a good point. Uh, the suit is not purple. And black, like we saw T'Challa wear before, it's more like Killmonger's suit here of the golden like the gold. black. The golden mm-hmm. black. I noticed that too. Yeah. So. I, Gre- do think, I do like Nick. I like, I love Nipina Leongo, and I, I think that would be great for her to be the about Panther. Um, just quick question. I mean, just because there he does, the character does have a connection to Wakanda and the Dora Milaje, any chance of a Bucky pop up? I don't think Bucky's showing up in this one. Yeah, I'd say probably not. Maybe a name drop at best. I think we're going to get some cameos. It's just hard to say who. I just didn't. I mean, in terms of cameos, my my first one would, like, my first thought went to him just because there is that connection. And then we did see the flashback in the Winter Soldier Falconbird show, the whatever, um... That really awesome flashback. <laughs> Did you call him Falcon Bird? <laughs> the, I call the show something different every time. I think the latest one is like Winter <laughs> Captain Soldier Falcon Bird. I believe she called it Winter Bird Falcon Soldier. 
<laughs> I loved it. Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> Falcon Crest in the Winter Soldier. Falcon there Crest. We there we go. Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, Ranger Soldier, Bird. <laughs> I think if this movie is going to truly close out Phase 4, um, it, we're going to have some tie into the, the larger MCU. Okay, we, yeah, if we'll talk about possible post credit scene here once we get yeah. into, yeah, 100%. But just wanted to talk, yeah, I agree. I just don't know how well, you know, Bucky fits in with, like, the overall of it. I mean, maybe we'll get Bucky in, like, a kind of like a video call with Okoye, maybe just showing that those two are still you know, in contact. I, I don't know if Bucky's going to show up in this one to kind of save the day. I feel like the person to come in and kind of save the day is going to be, you know, I think we'll get maybe Riri coming in to save the day here and there, and then even be surprised if Namor kind of like switch sides and gives the Wakandans what they need to kind of turn the tide in the battle and defeat Atuma if Atuma turns out to be the big bad in this one overall. You know, giving the Wakandans the heart-shaped herb so that we can get our Black Panther, which I don't think we're going to, you know, see that possibly on screen, who he's giving the heart-shaped herb to. And then it'll be like a big, we'll see, a maybe we might see this Black Panther fight, and we won't know who it is until, like, they unmask themselves, you know, and then we're all going to be, like, shocked as, like, oh, my, you know, like, okay, so it was Shuri. Oh, oh wow, it, it's, oh, fuck, it's Nakia. You know, I, it, that might be the way they do this. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I've said all along that the more they keep that a secret, the more excited I am. I think to let that cat out of the bag is a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone wants, has to go see the movie to find out who the new Black Panther is. If you spoil that, you're dumb. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very possible that there might be a Black Panther that we start with and a different one that we end with. A hundred percent agree. I mean, it also, yeah. we've heard fairly definitive leaks pointing in totally different directions as to who the new Black Panther is going to be. It does make you wonder if that's it's going to go exactly as you suggested, Brian, where, you know, the mask comes off at some point and maybe they shot a couple variations of it. Who knows? Because these days it's the only way to keep the leakers off the trail is to shoot multiple versions of things. That's true. Here's the thing in the comics. They were going to give Shuri, like, maybe Shuri is given the mantle of Black Panther, but she hasn't gone through the heart-shaped herb and the ancestral plane to, to give the powers. In the comics, like, there was a storyline where, that you know, she was rejected in the ancestral, she was rejected, the heart-shaped herb rejected her. And so maybe we'll find out that the heart-shaped herb calls to Nakia in this one, you know, and... Kind of chooses that would her. be a really good callback to the first movie because you know when Nakia like saves the last flower right and then they go over to the Jabari and um, Nakia shows that she has the last flower and um, Angela Bassett's character she does she says Nakia's like you take it so if Nakia does take it that'd be like a good sort of callback to that first movie yeah mm. yeah I I I, I hope mm -hmm. it, I personally hope it's Nakia I personally hope it's Nakia. But, well, I mean, do you guys still think there's a chance that we're going to find out that at the end of this thing that, you know, it's not confirmed. It, it's just been like past speculation and rumors that we're going to be introduced to like a, you know, possibly a five-year-old son of T'Challa 
maybe six or seven. Like so I love it. Yeah, I, I'm I, I do take it. Did you mention the little boy that's in the trailer? How old does that kid look? What little boy? I'm sorry. I'm. There's like, that's there's like a little. No, no, no. There's a little black kid that's um, that's in Wakanda at one point. Um, I don't know if you caught that, but I was thinking possibly that was the kid. But he looked like he was a little older than five years old. Huh. Well, he would be by this time because it's been we're, – we're at least like a yeah. year or two out, right, from, you know, the blip? Yeah. So maybe six or seven? I don't know. I mean, I didn't see the boy, but I love it because it's legacy. I mean, legacy is a big part of the Black Panther. And for them to find a way to kind of like keep that going, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that shit warms my heart. That would be really cool. If they're not going to recast, that's the most respectable way to go. I mean, if Feige's wanting to keep this going for another 10, 20 years, he definitely, you know, they've done some time jumps in the future. We could be looking at a full-grown Black Panther within the next decade or so, like a teenager, like a, you know what I mean, 19. Yeah, totally. I I love it. So. All right, I do want to. See, we're going to be talking about a Black Panther leak compilation that I have uh, in a moment. I'm not going to get to that now, but I do want us to rate this trailer. If this is your first time listening, this is our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success a Tupperware party. Uh, right off the bat, it's a Tupperware for me. And not only did it, I mean, of course, it's emotional. It's an emotional trailer. Uh, everybody that watches this one, I believe it's, a, it's emotional. And we're, uh, you know, characters and, and even us as an audience, we're all still kind of, you know, um, we had to relive the morning of Chadwick all over again and not having the character watch, even watching this trailer because of his absence in the trailer and then the visual imagery of the murals and, and then the funeral scene and, you know, his mother's reaction. And I mean, that's a Tupperware. But not only that, but like, you know, the Namor stuff looked fantastic. You know, the Namor of it all looks oh, really yeah. fucking good. The way that they're handling the the way the the Atlanteans look. I love the shot of the of the, the two gigantic humpback whales like on their way. It looks like to Wakanda and you've got Atlanteans hanging off of it. Like it's like like. Instead of like submarines, you know, they're just hanging onto this, onto these gigantic humpback whales going into battle. And uh, the battles look huge and epic. The Dora Milaje look awesome. Akoya looked awesome on the overpass. Um, I mean, Angela Bassett's fucking speech is fucking amazing. It, everything looks like it's shot great. And I. Yes, there was a moment. I know this has been mentioned online. There was a moment you're looking at all the Atlantean stuff and you get the avatar, the way of the water feels because we just been you know, introduced, <laughs> introduced to that trailer. Yes, it did kind of remind me of that, of course, because they're like they're blue skinned people, too. But um, <laughs> overall, man, this is an absolute Tupperware of a fucking trailer. Um, you know, I it, it looks this is my now. This is my most anticipated movie of the fucking year. After, after you know, already seeing Maverick and Nope, like this is it for me. And I honestly feel like 
phase four has been kind of a letdown. And I think that with this being the movie that ends phase four, it's going to hopefully go out on a huge high. So, um, yeah, if you're going to end phase four, I think this is the movie to go out on because it looks phenomenal. Um, Greg, what did you think? Yeah, I, I mean, to me, this is the best trailer since the first Guardians trailer um, for the MCU. Th- th- it's just a masterclass in trailer making. It's It tells you so much about what the story is about without telling you the story, which is what's just amazing. Um, it really also leaves you with the impression that this film is a labor of love. It really leaves you with that feeling. I mean... I, I just can't wait to see the movie. Uh, I'll tell you that I couldn't help, you know, I, I watched the trailer. I watched it a second time. And then I was reading all of the comments on YouTube and on Reddit. And it, it gave me like faith in humanity that this trailer was so universally loved, at least based on what I saw in the comments. I mean, it was so wonderfully positively received. So many people have been moved by it. I think it's a, an amazing trailer in the highest of Tupperwares. Fantastic. Um, Tristan. Yeah, very high Tupperware for me for this trailer. I mean, it did exactly what a trailer is supposed to do. And I agree. It's the best Marvel trailer that we've had in years. Um, I don't know exactly what's the, you know, what's the trailer that beats it, but like, I haven't seen a trailer that maybe this, into, uh, I, I think that served a, a Marvel movie so well in a long time um and just the colors and the vibrancy and and the 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 song choice all that stuff just was just fit so well and like you said greg it doesn't tell you anything but it it doesn't leave you clueless um i think james cameron's gonna be very pissed (laughs) this is coming out a month before avatar um but like yeah (laughs) it's, it's, it's definitely my most anticipated movie moving forward for the rest of the year uh june um, this was a Tupperware. I mean, I watched it right before started recording. I told you guys when I came back that I had tears in my eyes. Um, I think number one, it was a beautiful trailer. I mean, the movie does look gorgeous, and while it is a lot, of it is going to be a name or origin story. I feel like the trailer at least made it appear that we're going to be heavily focused on the women in this world. And, um, I, that makes me very excited. I mean, give me more of Angela Bassett, give me more of Nipita Nago. I mean, just any, if you can just give me as much of from them, I will be very happy. And I think that this movie is going to be very heavily focused on them. And that makes me very excited. And I mean, the trailer did what it definitely meant to do it. You know, it tugged at those heartstrings and, you know, made you think about Chadwick Boseman. And I, yeah, I just, it, I thought it was a great trailer. I cannot wait for this movie to come out. I'm so excited. Jake. 
Yeah, I thought this was a perfect trailer. It's a very, very, very high Tupperware for me. Um, yeah, the song choice was just fucking beautiful. It was so emotional. I saw way more of Namor than I ever expected to see, and so that was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I love that it showed so much more than I thought we would see, but yet still left so much open. It, it's that perfect kind of trailer that makes me not even want to see any other trailers. Like, I'm good. Strap in. I'm ready for the movie punch my ticket let's go like i i don't even need to see anything else anymore oh but we will man i mean oh, sadly once those tv spots start rolling out we're gonna see like you know the iron heart suit we're gonna see uh i mean we're gonna you know they're they're gonna give away a lot, a lot of stuff uh, i will watch probably the second trailer not gonna lie i will watch it um but oh, i will too i'll but. stay away from the tv spots I think the, I think the TV spots are even more. Re- I mean, remember the TV spots for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness showing us the Illuminati, you know, like. Full- yeah, it's like I guess the theory is they have less time to impact you. So they have to show you bigger, more bombastic things in a TV spot. So that's really annoying. It's definitely the thinking. But, man, that's the shit that I'm staying away from is those. 30 second 45 second tv spots but my god um fantastic fucking trailer cannot wait for the movie in november um if you don't want to hear any possible rumors or leaks uh this is your chance to bounce the fuck out because we're going to be going over those now and um yeah i've got a i've got a full compilation of all the the leaks and uh, rumors about this movie and uh Here we go. The film will open with a flashback sequence of the Spanish invasion and colonization of the Americas. We will see an altercation between Namor's people and conquistadors. Namor's city will be called Talokan, which they still make reference to it as Atlantis. Namor will be the son of a human. They say the son of a human and the queen of Atlantis. That is wrong, according to this trailer, because his father is blue and his mother is human. Um, the Aztec jaguar god Tepeyotlan will appear. Uh, Aztec gods also appeared in Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, Namor will wear a jaguar headdress at one point and will gain the ability to fly from the gods. Although a recent rumor from a trusted and verified source of the uh, subreddit um, Marvel Studios Spoilers mod says that Namor is a mutant and it's why he has wings on his feet, just like the comics. I'm still thinking that um, with the events that we saw in Ms. Marvel of her being revealed as a mutant, that we're going to find out that Namor is possibly the first mutant that his, his group of Atlanteans showed up here way before the clandestines showed up on earth. And they've settled here way before. And I also think the trailer backs up, not that he's a mutant, but backs up that they've been here, you know, even just like, you know, general, you know, Atlantis, Atlantean history that we have, you know, like uh, from every other kind of like form of media that has introduced like Aquaman or like Atlantis that they've been around on Earth forever. But I think that we're going to find out in this one that they that they came here from like another 
universe or dimension or whatever, just like the clandestines did. Um, in the present day, Riri Williams is a genius studying at MIT and has developed a device to find vibranium in the ocean. Um, Lake Bell's character, uh, Dr. Graham, is using the device and somehow that awakens Namor, who gets mad and kills Graham's team. He asks Wakanda for help to kill Riri next. Oh, this is interesting. Got to understand, guys, like, I knew these rumors were out there, but I hadn't read this particular one, so I'm learning this right now if it's true. He asks Wakanda for help to kill Riri next, but Wakanda refuses and protects Riri inside their borders. No reaction. I, I, I could see how that would cause a rift. I mean, obviously, yeah. we know that Shuri and Riri are going to be friends. They're not just going to be like, oh, yeah, sure, kill her. Yeah. I mean, it's a device that is kind of like, you know, threatened Atlantis in a way. And yeah, fuck. Wouldn't the Wakandans not really like that device either? Well, I mean, it's something that maybe Riri developed to find vibranium and maybe, I don't know the, like what order the events take place, but somehow maybe those soldiers that we see in the trailer, when they kind of like, um, uh, break into Shuri's, you know, tech lab, maybe they find it. Hmm. You don't like that? No, I just, I guess I would just imagine that this would be a device that no one would like. Like, neither the Wakandans nor the Atlanteans. Because, like, Wakanda, they're trying to preserve the vibranium within their borders. So, that I, I guess I would imagine they wouldn't want something out there that would make it more easily accessible who's to, to say the that they world? who's to say that they gave riri permission to find you know to make something like this maybe she's just uh you know just a, 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 a just a genius and like this is just something that she makes while while in wakanda with their technology and you know who says right. who's I guess, a, but yeah i guess the whole like them them being so willing to protect her Sometimes things you make don't get used the way you intended them to or wanted them to. I mean, look at Stark's legacy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Is the is the, the government in this movie really that, I think it's called like the World Council or something like that, basically like the UN, but they don't call it the UN? I'm not sure, Greg. I, I don't know. Yeah, Martin Freeman's it, character is with the CIA. yeah. It's just interesting because that, I mean, you see, you know, um, Angela Bassett talking to like some international body and it, it makes you think, and, you know, I'm sure as we get to other leaks, you know, like other international influences on what's happening here, but there's interesting political stuff, like political drama, not real life politics with all of these countries figuring out, like we have a way to find vibranium. Now, how are we going to split it all up? You know what I mean? And how that affects Atlantis and Wakanda, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can see Wakanda protecting Riri, you know, it's a teenage girl and Shuri's friends with her and not wanting to give mm -hmm. her up to 
you know, Atlantis because they have no idea what they're going to. They see her as a threat, but you know, I yeah, yeah, I could see them willing to go to war over not giving her up easily. Yeah. Um, when Namor first appears in Wakanda, he looks more like uh, hmm. I don't have any visual stuff here, so I'm gonna. Go ahead and skip that. I guess they're saying that that, that Namor will enter Wakanda. Um, and so probably this might be him. We might get a scene of Namor entering Wakanda asking for them to give up Riri. And then, you know, saying, well, the next time we meet, I'll, we'll be going to war. Um, Riri's role in screen time in the film is comparable to America Chavez in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Riri's first suit is made out of spare car parts, but she eventually gets a vibranium suit in Wakanda. She is the linchpin plot device and, and basically the reason the story happens, exactly like America Chavez in Multiverse of Madness. Um, in Wakanda, Shuri has recreated the heart-shaped herb in a lab, as she said she would in the Wakanda Files official MCU tie-in book. But she's not the only Black Panther. Uh, yeah, so she's not Black uh, Some of the Dora Milaje have their own... Was that, a, was that a novel, Brian? The Wakanda Files? I'm not sure. Uh, it's either a comic book tie-in or a novel that they came out with. I'd ha- you'd have gotcha. to look that one up. Yeah, I, I'm going to look it up. I'd like to read that. Um, some of the Dora Milaje have their own special enhanced suits with Okoye actually suiting up as Black Panther as well alongside Shuri. Okoye will be in a same sex relationship, probably with the already cast LGBTQ, uh, Dora from the comics, Anika played by Michael, uh, Michaela Coel. And there were shots of Anika in the trailer. Once Shuri... So she's not going to be with uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character anymore then. I was about to ask because they, um, they're married. Yeah. yeah. But after the events of Black Panther, it sounds like they got divorced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I he's he, come out and said he's ask, not. I was going to ask if he was going to show up. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, Greg's right. Yeah. I think we actually might have even brought this up at a previous episode that he's come out and said that he's not going to be in the movie at all. Yeah, he was filming Nope, so there was a, a conflict. Yeah. He said Which nope. Which is a bummer. Hopefully they work into the, the story in the future, you know? <laughs> he said Nope, right, Jake? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Once Shuri takes the herb, she expects to see Chachala in the ancestral plane, but she sees Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger, who helps her become the new Black Panther. Um, Atuma... An exiled Atlantean who wants to become king of Atlantis and Namora, Namor's cousin, will also appear in the film and Atuma will fight with Okoye at some part, at some point. Uh, That looks like the overpass scene. Um, There's a huge war between Atlantis and Wakanda where Wakanda is flooded and Shuri and T'Challa's mom, Queen Ramonda, dies in the flood. Eventually, Shuri defeats Namor but doesn't kill him. At the end, M'Baku becomes the new king, and most sources, My Time to Shine Hello, Casey Walsh, believe that he will also become the definitive Black Panther, which was changed last minute due to Letitia Wright's um, uh, causing problems during the production. Uh, Daniel R.P.K. says that M'Baku does become king, but Shuri continues to be 
the Black Panther. So mixed, mixed reports there. At the end, Nakia reveals to Shuri that she has a child with T'Challa. Marvel plans for him to eventually take over the Black Panther mantle once the child grows up. We don't know. They don't say whether it's a, a, a boy or a girl. Um, the post credit scene. Let's get to that. The post credit scene. And I do believe this. The post credit scene shows Dr. Doom in costume with a stand-in currently playing him. This is very reminiscent of the first Thanos reveal. Um, and it's revealed that it was him who had... Ooh, this is interesting. And it's revealed that it was him who had orchestrated the Wakanda versus Atlantis war all along. So I talked, I talked earlier about the government being the ones behind this, but now they're saying in this post-credits reveal it's going to be... Dr. Doom orchestrated this all along. A rumor from a while ago that has been deleted now, so the source is unknown, so take this with a huge grain of salt, is that Lake Bell's character is secretly Lucia Von Bardas, Doom's right hand from the comics, who could explain how Doom orchestrated it all. It and, follows the movie trope of barely changing your name, like keeping the same syllables, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What would be the reason... Because I don't know the comics, so like I don't like what would be Doctor Doom's reason for doing this? Vibranium, 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 vibranium. vibranium. Yep. Yeah. Okay. If Latveria Probably wouldn't be opposed to getting some of that heart shaped plot, you know. Well, I think <laughs> you know if Latveria is going to be you know a bigger power, he wants to get his hands on vibranium. So, and mm-hmm. we keep hearing from leakers online. That, you know, Dr. Doom is coming sooner than you think. He will be. I mean, we heard another rumor that we talked about on the podcast before that before the end of the year, we will see Dr. Doom. I was shocked by that. I was thinking, OK, I was thinking maybe before end of 2023. And they were like, no, this year. And I was like, what the fuck? And it sounds like, yes, we're getting Dr. Doom in the post credit scene in, uh, in, in, in Wakanda Forever. Um, there's also a rumor that the Savage Land is introduced in the second post credit scene where Riri finds Vibranium in a previously uncharted region of Antarctica. Charles Murphy also revealed that Val will appear in the movie. And Great Phase 15 had teased that Kazar for the Thunderbolts when the movie was confirmed by the trade. So the Savage Land tease could indeed be possible. I feel like to have the first post credit scene be Doctor Doom and then to end with the Savage Land is not yeah. right. Like I think that's the, a big wet fart after Doom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> oh I, look, a, look a guy in a loincloth in the Savage Land. Woo! But on the on the flip side, Jake, it's like Marvel does know that there's a bunch of idiots out there that don't wait for the second scene, and so they're like, let's get the big one out of the way first, so more people will see it. Yeah, yeah, I can follow you there. Much like Avengers, it's first with the Thanos, then with the shawarma. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see about the Savage Land tease teaser yeah that 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 stuff seems so at this point boring to me i I can't see them going into that well anytime soon how many fucking lost places are they going to reveal in one movie you know what i mean (laughs) and and then and then the other thing that makes me a little bit skeptical is 
are you going to put your nickel down on revealing like, oh my God, we have dinosaurs in the Marvel Universe when there was just a fucking dinosaur movie that came out two months ago, you know? I, I just don't know that they would do that now. Well, Phase 4 has definitely been like the phase of setting up all types of different aspects of the MCU. So and That's, I think, I would, what has been bothering me about Like, I will be honest, and I... I Marvel, I, I it, it's because I just for some reason we, I didn't, I didn't, as excited. I didn't catch your thoughts on. Oh, why are you talking about why you didn't finish Miss Marvel? Like, yeah, just like the, I, I think it's just because I haven't been excited. Like even going into Thor, like I've just sort of had this like I'm, I'm not, and that's why this trailer. Like I'm actually excited to see this one. Just for the most part, though, over the past couple of years, I understand the pandemic had a lot to do with it. I just I feel like Phase Four for me at least, has been kind of aimless. Like, I, I, as I am not seeing, like, the North Star, like, the big event that we're leading to. Well, I think when we get into our San Diego Comic-Con discussion on the, you know, the main episode that we can kind of get into, like, the direction now. Right. And how I it's think moving. it's just, I felt like with the, like, I guess, the up into Endgame, you had the first... Uh, uh, Avengers ensemble movie and like Thanos is introduced and then you can and then they sort of like I guess from then on you knew you had this event early on so with this one I think I just I for me at least I'm just feeling a little aimless yeah I think phase four is just a different approach I think it's just more of setup and introducing more characters and I think we're I think the direction is going to be very clear in phase five I think people people can say that, oh, well, we didn't know what the direction was, you know, starting out in the MCU. You know, we didn't get that direction until we got the reveal of Thanos. And to those people, I will say, I believe you're 100% wrong. The buildup was the Avengers coming together. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. You're forgetting. You're watching the end the postcard scene of the iron man movie with uh, nick fury yes like that's the build-up that we were all waiting for in that first phase i mean that like that's what it was it uh, yeah we get thanos later and like yeah that's a nice thing to to look forward to with the infinity saga overall but i mean the main thing that was the build-up before was the culmination of the avengers come together as a team you're right no no right. I, I i believe i am right there but i i believe that you're right and until somebody can tell me any different, that phase four does seem a little aimless until maybe the events that happened, you know, yesterday at San Diego Comic-Con. But I believe you're right so far. And like, June, if I were to tell you two Disney Plus series to watch, the two series that I would tell you to watch that, that are must watch are Loki and Ms. Marvel. And in my opinion, mm. right now, that's it. I mean, not even WandaVision? Not even WandaVision. It's it's already been resolved, basically. Is it yeah. Miss Marvel because of the mutant reveal? It's Miss Marvel. No, Miss Marvel, it's it's twofold for me. It's the fact that it was enjoyable as fuck, and also yeah. the the mutant reveal um is gonna be huge. And how it's also going to be you know, uh, a springboard, I believe, hopefully, into the cosmic side of Marvel. For as much as, like, we were kind of teased the cosmic stuff and we've seen it in Guardians of the Galaxy and we thought we were going to get a lot more 
of the cosmic side of stuff in Eternals. Eternals was basically like, you know, earth based and, you know, yeah. yes, you know, well, but, but so I think that I do think that what we see in Ms. Marvel is kind of like the springboard to hopefully getting into some more, more of the cosmic stuff. I really hope so. Because uh, I, I do think that that is going to take place. A lot of it, hopefully, is going to take place out in space. I really feel like with the way that ended, that that's where, you know, some of it's going to be Earth-based, but I think that it's going to lead events out into space. I really want them to go out there and kind of explore that side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, But those would be the two that I would tell you that, that you need to watch, June. I mean, I've watched all of them, really. The only one I have left to finish is just the rest of Ms. Marvel. But it's just, I guess, just so far, um, every time something new comes out, I'm not as hyped for it as I was before. I kind of missed that. Mm-hmm. But this um, but this new Black Panther trailer, though, kind of like now I am. Like, I kind of feel that same excitement. Oh, I agree. I agree. I I am not disagreeing with you at all. And like a lot of what I said is maybe to like the people that haven't watched the Disney plus stuff. And like, maybe they're like, what, what should I watch? If I could only name two, it would be those two. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, I was semi somewhat excited for Thor love and thunder. The movie didn't blow me away though. So, um, yeah, this is the first trailer from Marvel in a long time. I feel like that has kind of just like, just, you know, fucking blown me away and hopefully this will be like you know between this and fucking shang chi hopefully be those two movies that i can really hold on to and hang on like hang on to and love out of phase four because i've been let down Mm -hmm. i've been let down in phase four yeah you loved uh no way home too right yeah but that's still i mean with no way home i i i kind of even though it is in the mcu i kind of give all the credit to sony there sometimes <laughs> i probably shouldn't give them too much credit but and i think a lot of the credit there, <laughs> there goes to um uh the nostalgia that we carry for those characters but i i don't think it really does a lot to push the multiverse along to be quite honest with you like the overall story of the multiverse saga like you know and multiverse of madness like c- come on like we barely dipped our I mean, the movie's called Multiverse of Madness, and they barely dip their toes into it. And right, so everything, everywhere, all at once was more of a multiverse movie than that movie was. Yeah, 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 agreed. So, um, you know, whether you liked the movie or didn't like the movie, Multiverse of Madness, I think you can kind of agree that it doesn't really get into the multiverse all that much, and we're left with more questions. No. And we, I mean, there's. Yes, we dive through the multiverse. Yeah, we go through like 10 different multiverses for like a split second apiece. And the main ones, the main one that we end up in is the 838. And that's it. So, I mean. And it does. And it looks so similar to our universe that it wasn't like, wow, or. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we're really going to get into like uh, a lot of the multiversal stuff until maybe we get more into loki season two and then i think it'll kick off even more i still think fantastic four could be we'll talk about this in san diego comic-con episode that that'll be uploaded but i still think a lot of the multiverse i think i think fantastic four will be a little bit i think it could be multiverse multiversal story and i'll get into that in the other episode um but, yeah, a lot of Marvel science in the comic books is always established in Fantastic Four before it bleeds out into the big storylines. So that would be appropriate. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and having Reed there too. But I don't. I have a different. I even have a different take on on all that and how it applies with the multiverse and how the X Men might. I don't know. We'll t- we'll talk about that in the other episode. But um, I don't know. Any final thoughts here? Because we got to wrap this fucker up. I mean, I'm I'm super excited for November. I, I agree with you and Tristan. This is definitely the the movie I'm looking forward to the most now for this the rest of this year. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it it looks like it's in good hands. I mean, I, Ryan Coogler has not failed us yet, so hopefully he's uh, four for four. Oh man! I mean, Ryan. having to rewrite losing your lead like that. I, I I'm just I'm. It's you have to root for. Ryan Coogler in this situation, you know, I mean, if this movie is anything other than amazing, I'll be disappointed, but I'll also understand. I mean, it's just such mm. a difficult, awful situation that he's had to navigate. So yeah, I'm hopeful after this. I think th- this trailer, it just hit you like it hit you with heartbreak and then it hit you with hope on the way out. And I, I can't wait to see the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, June, thank you for joining us. Where can people find you? You guys can find me on Apple to Oranges, the podcast I do with Paul Hart and Jesse Candelori, where we discuss Apple original content. We'll be covering uh, Physical Season 2, For All Mankind Season 3, Blackbird Season 1, and uh, Trying Season 3. And, uh, yeah, thank you, June. Check out Apple to Oranges. Hit that subscribe button wherever you fucking listen to your podcast. It's great because Apple's putting out great content. So, yeah, if you want to follow along with some great discussions, uh, subscribe to Apple to Oranges. Greg, where can people find you, sir? I have a YouTube channel called Amazing Home Projects with Handy Greg. I do um, home improvement projects but don't actually do anything to learn how I should do them properly. So uh, that's my channel. And it is a great channel, and it's very humorous, and more people should be subscribed, because who doesn't need to laugh in their life, Greg? People get to see me go to the hospital in the most recent episode. I mean, where else can you get that? Every medical drama on television, Greg. Good point. I I was really bleeding. I was just really being a smartass, Greg. Um... Tristan is not amused. Tristan. <laughs> Tristan, where can people yeah. find you? Uh on PCL when I'm invited. Yeah, exactly. This is this is your one-stop shop for everything shift in Tristan. So, yeah, come <laughs> come to PCL for all your Tristan Brown needs. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, and uh, definitely uh, this is not the only episode that we're going to be uploading. Uh, I'm thinking I'm hopefully going to get this episode out. Definitely, this episode will be uploaded sooner, but uh, you know, stick around because uh, shortly thereafter there will be a San Diego Comic-Con 2022 Marvel, Marvel panel uh, podcast. So stick around for that, guys. Thank you so much, and see you. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. 
They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean it, race it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture, leftovers. Podcasts that originally good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers, uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers, sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.